Welcome to the BABCLA's live Zoom webinar, converted to a podcast. Each episode, you'll hear enlightening interviews on timely subjects with British and American experts across industry. Good morning. My name is James Langridge, and I am the president of the British American Business Council here in Los Angeles. Welcome back again. I believe this is day for me, over day 100 million at this point uh, <laughs> in regards to some kind of lockdown. But we are blessed this morning with two wonderful guests who are joining us for a very interesting conversation. Posture-centric, office-centric, at home. We have the wonderful Dr. Romina Gassimi on here this morning, and we have Mr. Bill Pace. Before we get started, just welcoming everyone back. As we kind of roll into this this morning, we have a series of questions we're going to ask. Good morning, audience, as well. If you have a question at the bottom of the screen in the Q&A section, please click on that. Send me over your questions. If we have an opportunity to answer them live, we'll bring you in and you can ask your question live. If not, I'll ask it for you and we're going to roll through it. But without further ado, uh, Dr. Romina, would you mind just introducing yourself for a few minutes and tell us a little bit more about what you do? Of course. Uh, my name is Dr. Romina, and uh, I'm a chiropractor by profession and uh, an inventor and a researcher by passion. My specialty is in posture and the biomechanics of the body. So basically what I do is a patient comes in with neck pain, upper back pain. We take an x-ray, compare where they're at to what normal is, and put them on a program to get them objectively where they're supposed to be. So it's more of a spinal correction. And that could be in cases of poor posture, scoliosis, kyphosis. This is where my specialty falls into the whole biomechanics of the body. And uh, an inventor by passion, because I realized that uh, it doesn't matter. The effectiveness of helping people is not just about the hour they spend with me. It's more about the other six to eight or nine hours that they spend outside the clinic, what happens to them. How does life affect their body? And uh, which is really the study of ergonomics and uh, risk management and prevention. That's wonderful. Thank you for that introduction. Morning, Bill. Tell us a little bit more about yourself, what you do. Good morning. Yeah, thank you, James. So at Cardness, you know, we believe in risk mitigation. We believe in doing it in a preventive and proactive fashion. So we have about 22 different e-learning courses with risk assessments where we measure and look to provide solutions for those factors that are putting the employee at risk um, and impeding their performance. And, and truly, our partnership with Dr. Romina really kind of spans with the idea that there's so much, there's only so much we can do for behavior modification, right? We give them training, we provide a risk assessment, we look at the risks that are underlying or consistent amongst the employee population, but then what do you do when they're not at work? What do you do when they're at home? And, and where we see Dr. Romina has really helped us with that behavior modification is her products are really designed to reverse that muscle memory from forward shoulders or head tilted or head forward, where you know we work through a period of time through the e-learning to train them on things that they can do. But in fact, sometimes your muscle memory is so bad, is probably the worst way of saying it, Dr. Romina, you can help me with that. But it's it really designed to reverse the muscle memory to 
really expedite the healing process. Um, so it's not just helping the employee at home anymore or at work uh, that we focus on. Now we can we can bring them into home through Dr. Ramina and her products and her support devices. Thanks, Bill. Okay, so I'm going to jump in straight away. Uh, doctor, and this is for everyone, but doctor, please go first. How important is it to have some kind of chiropractic routine in your life, especially if you're in an office, if you're sitting down, if that's predominantly what you do on a daily, how important is it to bring, adopt some of these things into your life? Uh, it's very important to get chiropractic alignment because uh, your spine is composed of skeletal system, just like the foundation of the house. It is covered by soft tissue, which is muscles, tendons, ligaments, and fascia. That would be equivalent to your cement, your bricks, and put the plasters that put the house together. If the foundation of your house is shifted, that puts you susceptible to damage within the house. So if we take that back and put it into our body analogy, you realize that keeping your skeletal system aligned and your joints properly positioned, the muscles and the soft tissue have an ability to express themselves 100%. So I'll give you a simple example for the viewers that are watching this program. I want you to just slouch, really slouch, like you have lost yourself into your computer and you are diving into your work, right? And try to make a, a round shoulder, raise your arm and make a I'm circle. doing it. I'm doing it as you tell me. But you gotta okay. be slouch, you gotta be really slouch, right? Okay. Okay, now sit up straight, perfect position, and now make a circle with the same arm. Was there any change in your range of motion? Absolutely. Did it feel more comfortable? 100% more comfortable, yes. Exactly. This is the importance of getting chiropractic alignment to every single vertebra in your spine, and you have 24 of them. If these 24 movable vertebras are not properly positioned, they will not move properly. This will cause problems such as disc overload, it will cause problems with wear and tear, early degenerative arthritis. So by keeping your body aligned and regular chiropractic checkup, it would help you to keep your body healthy and in maximum performance. The products that we have created and we are offering specifically put you in a proper body position. Whether you're sitting at work or whether you're standing at work or whether you're texting or driving, the common denominator between all four of these positions is the fact that the shoulders roll forward, head moves forward, causing forward head carriage or rounded shoulder, which represents core posture. A lot of people think core posture is just the name, but it's actually a predisposition to early degenerative arthritis. So collaborative work between proper ergonomics and regular chiropractic checkup with the person's own exercise program, whether it's as simple and as soft as yoga or whether it's as aggressive as weight training, that's something that the person themselves can pitch in. Ergonomics and chiropractic work to support the person. So if we got the two pillars properly taken care of and offered to the individual, the third part comes very naturally and very easily to make a difference. That was that the That's, short way of putting it, right? <laughs> no, no, it's great. I got a little, I got my workout in for the day as well. I'm, uh, believe it or not. Um, okay, so we're going to jump straight back at you, Bill, because we have a live question 
related to what we're talking about right now. Jonathan Cowley, I'm going to bring you in. Our very own Jonathan Cowley, fellow board member. Jonathan, I brought you in. I am. Hello, James. Hi, Jonathan. Good morning. Good morning. So I, I, uh, I have a, a question for you because I, I am inundated by companies sending me ads for uh, devices that will improve my posture when sitting at home. So it's just really understanding, are these actually going to help me or are they actually going to make it worse? And what would you recommend for those of us who are currently working from home? So, Jonathan, from my point of view, are these items that are designed to change your work environment or are these posture devices designed to improve your or encourage neutral posture while you're working behind your computer? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's the latter, Bill. Some of them appear to be devices that you push behind you in your seat and then it, it forces you to change your posture or there's some devices I've seen that appear to be electronic devices that you put around your neck. And oh, so right. there's so many of them out there. It's just really understanding yep. what's worthwhile because I think for a lot of us, you know, as we are all working from home now, I, mm-hmm. my job, I used to go out a lot more meeting customers. That's uh, right. I'm not doing that so much now. So I, I just, and I know that my posture is not ideal. So I think Romina really needs to address that from the support idea. But from my point of view on the, office ergonomics, just remember that the best ergonomic posture is your next posture. So slouching isn't necessarily bad for you. Sorry, Dr. Romina, but it is when you do it for long periods of time in a, in a static sense. So, you know, we do see even children that, that lean forward on their desk, but they fidget, they move, they get up. And, and whether you're working off your kitchen counter, whether you're working off the dining room table, or your co- cocktail table, reality is, is just don't do it for long periods of time. The funny thing is, is your body will tell you. Your body has a wonderful mechanism. It's called discomfort. If you feel discomfort, it's time for you to make that change. And I hate to say it, but that's probably the number one thing that we train employees on when it comes to behavior modification. But when it comes to support devices, Romina, this really falls under your alley with your alley. Yeah, Jonathan, thank you for your question. A couple of things that I could recommend to you is um, using different devices. As long as it helps you to maintain your better posture, it's effective. Uh, we've had different uh, surveys regarding the electronic devices that causes a vibration or brings an alert. It causes a distraction to somebody who's working on their computer or their focus. So it can might you know it could affect that part. One of the things you want to make sure that if you're wearing a wearable. Uh, wearable brace, make sure that it is not compressing your armpit. There's a group of nerves and arteries that come from your neck that run through your shoulder, through your armpit, into your fingers. If the wearables that you're wearing are compressing your armpit, they actually irritate and aggravate the brachial plexus, which carry the nerves and the arteries to your fingers and hands. So it might cause a a thoracic outlet syndrome, which means a compression in this area, giving the symptoms of weakness and numbness in fingers with a false diagnosis of uh, carpal tunnel syndrome. So your wearables have to be, one, do not compress your armpit and are adjustable so you can move with them. Movement is life, just like Bill said. As long as you keep your body mobile in different positions and keep it actively moving, you're helping yourself not to cause muscle fatigue, or also known as a repetitive stress injury. 
Was that helpful? Absolutely, yeah. Thank you to both of you. That, that's some great advice. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jonathan. Good morning, Any everyone who's joining us this morning, listening right now. You're listening to another live cast with the British American Business Council here in Los Angeles. We have the wonderful Dr. Romina Gassimi on and Mr. Bill Pace as well from Cardenas. If you're just jumping in now and catching up, Bill, I'm, I'm a big fan of ergonomic office equipment, and I'm not sure if this fits into the conversation, but for the yeah. longest time, I used to be in that sedentary kind of like uh, right. posture where we're sitting down for so many hours. So I actually purchased, this was several years ago, my first kind of dipping my toe into this was buying a very desk and having the very desk where you could actually place it on a regular desk and lift it up and then you were standing and I quickly realized you needed the rubber mat because it would start to make your heels hurt after a certain amount of time. But people listening who are trying to not just be sat down all the time at work, what are your recommendations? Obviously you have lots of different products that you recommend and sell, but what would be the kind of like a first step? Uh, so in, in our world, we are agnostic to products, um, being in the e-learning and the risk assessment world. But we do look at it in a very pragmatic way, being an English organization, right? So, you know, in our temporary home worker course, we talk to employees about, we know you're going to sit in your bed and have your laptop on your lap. Why don't you put a pillow underneath it to raise the, the screen up and put the keyboard in a bit better position? But Again, not to do that for long periods of time. When you notice numbness, tingling, discomfort, it's time to make that change. Or if you're at the kitchen counter, being able to put your laptop on a three-ring binder so it brings the screen up or onto a box, right, and use an external keyboard and mouse. So, Bill, thank you for that. So, when are you, you're telling me, so you're invited into, an, if you're invited into an office to see the layout, you're basically, you're, you're being asked to, to advise the business owner on how to make it more ergonomically friendly for their employees. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about the process that you go through when you're engaged to go into these businesses. And do you work with, do you bring in Dr. Romina? Do you guys work together often? Tell us a little bit more about how you guys know each other as well. <laughs> so our relationship goes back quite a while to an Ergo Expo event where Romina just had a flock of people always at her uh, booth. And during one of the breaks, she came over to introduce herself and talk. And that's when the light bulb went off, right? And I explained it a little bit earlier that I recognized that what, the piece that we were missing was how do we really encourage muscle uh, memory change? How do, we, how do we change that behavior and help the employee even when they're not at work? And that's where we saw her to support devices with realigning the shoulder joint, making sure that the chin's parallel to the ground, doing these little things that sometimes through muscle memory, because the employee's been slouched for so long that they even have trouble doing it. And Dr. Romina um, has been helping us with a very, very important study that we've been doing. And it started out in the UK and has, has come over to the US, uh, James. And I, I think this is a good place to really talk about that is part of our corporate social responsibility program is ergonomics for children because that's the next tsunami. So think about it this way. Absolutely. Uh, we have our office employees work in specific ways. We talk to them about, you know, being in neutral posture, being in a seated position where they're leaning back 90 to 110 degrees. You know, we encourage this neutral posture, but then we provide 
technology to our children that, oh, by the way, they're tethered to for seven to nine hours a day, and they don't have ergonomic equipment. So Dr. Romina has a fantastic story about someone who's special in her life that was having uh, other issues with her spine and pelvic because of the way she sat Indian style with her laptop. So it's not just about the idea that we can help the adult, the working adult, but it's also about getting ahead of this with the children, because guess what? They're our next entrance into our labor force, and they're in worse postures and positions than we could ever even dream of. So the reality is, is when we look at total well-being, we also look at it and the idea of the dependent care or in the child, not just in the worker. So I know, James, you had a very specific question in regards to that, but fundamentally, that's where uh, we work really well together with Dr. Ramina is not just helping the worker, but also helping their children as well. Bill, you bring up an excellent point. My children, uh, we try to limit them to a couple of hours of technology a day, but when they get that phone, they're over like this and you have to tell yeah. them to sit up. And uh, it's, it's something that is definitely uh, it, it is very important, in fact. And Dr. Ramina, Bill mentioned you had a very specific story Yes. Would you like to share that with us? I will. I will. So I have been a chiropractor for 25 years and specializing in biomechanics for the past 20 years. I'm very passionate about health, wellness, and posture and the biomechanics of the body and ultimate performance. So a very close family member, uh, my goddaughter, came to my office with back pain and uh, I took her x-rays and she had a full 60 degrees double curve scoliosis. And uh, it broke my heart. I was in the x-ray room marking my x-rays and I just had tears come down. One, why is this happening to my godchild? Two, why did this happen? And I was not informed about it. She was a very skinny girl and she used to wear a lot of baggy clothing, 13, 14 years old. And she has her own fashion style. It was always hidden. And it all started after her puberty when she was sitting in her beanie bag making videos with her cousin. So this is something that a lot of parents see that the child is slouching, but they think about slouching. They don't realize that when you biomechanically, you, you take the body and bring it forward, the spine buckles and this buckling reacts as scoliosis. So you get that S curve in the frontal view and you get the curvature in the side view. Unfortunately, if you don't evaluate that, it can become very costly and very time damaging. So when Bill talked about the children program, it was a very, it hit home for me because our whole goal is to do prevention. And if we can take care of our Gen Z, which is the ages of 12 to 23, we are able to help the future workforce, the future presidents, senators, doctors, engineers of our society. And in fact, tomorrow I'm having a webinar specifically on Gen Z and what we do to prevent the damages. What does a parent need to know in order for them to help reduce the damaging effect? Most importantly, what are the key indicators? What do you look for as a parent? before it comes to an x-ray and before you actually visibly can see it. So yes, it is very personal. It's a personal quest for myself uh, to help the new generation. Absolutely. Well, for everyone listening today, if you're listening live, Dr. Rabina, where can they find that webinar for tomorrow? 
Um, I can send you the flyer. The webinar is going to be on Zoom tomorrow at 10 o'clock. I have committed my uh, myself and my knowledge to provide a webinar every week on a different topic so I can help educate people who are, have a better life and find indicators what they would receive in an office consulting. Why wait then? Why wait until there's a problem? Why, why wait for that when we can maybe add a little health and wellness into your life before it gets to that? And that's where our risk management and prevention hat comes into play. Absolutely. For the last several months, we've been all working from home. You know, most some mornings I wake up and it's almost like an old car trying to get started. There's a lot of spluttering and, and slow moving. And then at some point you hit the right gear and you get going. What is your advice to people listening and the people who will hear this afterwards who are now, they don't go into the office anymore. They're working from the home office. Mm-hmm. It's a completely different setup. They're sitting on non, probably non-ergonomic chairs, let's be honest, or they may be standing more. Do they need to break during the day? Should they be stopping every hour? What, what can they do from a physical point of view? We're going to get to the mental, mental point of view in a minute as well. Why don't you take us away on that first bill? And then Dr. Amina will come back to you. Yeah, James, thank you. So the reality is it's about movement. It's about making change. It's not being static for long periods of time. Um, and it's listening to your body. So it's not necessarily bad to work off the kitchen counter or the kitchen table, but it is about movement. It is about change and it is about keeping your blood flowing. Um, and, and again, just listening to your body at that point in time. I think the other aspect of this is we, it's no longer considered temporary workers at home, right? Where you become a bit more permanent. Um, I know a lot of my companies are talking about the idea that they probably aren't going back to work until January. And some of them are taking a pragmatic viewpoint of saying, even if we do, they'll probably work from home a couple of days a week. So I do have organizations that are looking at what can we do to help the employees when it comes to office equipment? What are some of the first things that we need to deploy? And I think that's where the software really steps up and underscoring understanding what are the risks for the majority of your employees at home? Are they having low back issues? Are they having neck issues? Are they having shoulder issues? and implementing the product to really go after that low-hanging fruit, right? Versus just sending out a sit-stand table uh, and uh, ergonomic chair, when maybe that's not what they need at the moment. And maybe that's not even gonna fit in their apartment or house either. So, you know, I think the software really does a good job of underscoring and underlying where the consistent issues are and, uh, and being able to purchase the right products for those employees based on those I- items. And then also supplementing that um, with Dr. Romina's support devices as well. That's great. Dr. Romina, so tell us a little bit more about these devices. I mean, they're wear- it's wearable technology. On top of that, well, just tell us a little bit more about that first of all, and then maybe you could suggest some exercises for the listeners today on what they can do. Absolutely. On uh, the first part of your question and follow up with Bill's statement, a couple of things you need to be aware and making sure that uh, whether you're at the coffee table or whether you're at the kitchen counter, uh, you want to make sure that you're moving. So every hour, you definitely want to have some kind of a movement, whether sitting on your chair and rocking back and forth or whether raising your arms up and stretching your shoulders back and forth, that's going to be helpful. If you do have a sit-stand desk, make sure you stand during the day and sit in the afternoon because the body's physiology works better that way. 
One of the reasons that people are continuously standing is because they develop more pressure on the lumbar spine and that pinches the nerves that leads to their legs. So it might cause restless leg syndrome. So keeping it moving and keeping your body movement is going to be very helpful. The wearable devices that I've looked into and investigated, the ones that give you vibration, they, have, they tend to also affect vibrate when you reach out for your coffee cup. So therefore, this motion of picking up your coffee in a bad position causes vibration. And sometimes the stick-on doesn't stay as long. So the wearable product that we recommend to our patients in consideration of being comfortable, being adjustable, doesn't compress your armpit, and most importantly, covered by your flex spending account that you can just buy it from the retail store, such as Amazon or on the website. It's called a BaxU posture support. Very simply, it backs you up is B-A-X hyphen U posture support. It's designed to be very thin and the adjustable shoulder strap helps people who have different types of posture. Some people have a really rounded posture with a rounded back. So the T support in the back helps the rounded back and the strap, adjustable straps around the shoulder helps with the shoulder retraction and head forward head position. So we wanted to address both of them, both rounded back and forward head carriage. And this device does that for you. It's less than $60 and it's about 900 usage, lasts you about a year or two, depending on how many times you use it. Best part, we also recommend this for children so you don't have to become a broken record to your kids. Sit up straight, sit up straight, and you really become a broken record to them. They wear the posture device. They feel an instant change. And we also did an ergonomic study at uh, Seattle City Lights over 12 weeks, and we documented 90% posture improvement within 12 weeks by just wearing the device without any exercise, just wearing it four hours a day, and 75% reduction in upper back neck discomfort. It's not the cure, but it's definitely a step in the right direction of change to your body. And by wearing the posture device, it helps you to retrain muscle memory. And the way it does that, because it's flexible, you still can slouch and you come back to the center. And that shifting, that subtle shiftments hacks the nervous system and the nerve receptors in your joints that this is my new position. So it retrains the body. One of the things that we also like is exercises, whether it's stretching your arms forward, moving your wrist, that automatically puts you in a better position. Using a gym ball at a coffee table, if you can in your apartment, is going to be very effective. Even sitting on a, a sofa, just sit either at the tip of the edge of the sofa or all the way back because sitting in the middle of a seat gives you a high degree of high margin of error of slouching. So either sitting at the edge of the seat or all the way at the end gives you more support, even if you don't have any ergonomic tools. Movement, again, and I'm not going to discriminate by saying it has to be specifically this movement. Just keep moving. Keep moving and positioning your body so your monitor is right in front of your face to avoid forward head position. And also keeping your elbows supported, maybe something under your elbows if you're working on your laptop on the bed. Bend your knees, put a pillow 
under your elbows and uh, lean your laptop either on a support or another pillow so the, the screen is on your face and the elbows are relaxed. Relaxing your elbows and supporting your elbows reduces neck and shoulder problems. So these are some tidbits maybe I can help people to take away with them. I mean, wonderful. That's great advice. Really wonderful. Bill, it's not just a physical uh, wellness in a workplace, it's mental wellness. And that's such a huge part of our daily lives and sometimes often goes neglected. There are many different resources online. Headspace is a very popular one and quite famous for that British American Association. What do you recommend when you're doing your analysis? Where, where do you go with the mental health aspect? And what are your kind of initial recommendations at most places? Yeah, James, that's a great question. Um, and it is something that we are seeing American companies adopt more and more. I think that was a bit of Pandora's box for U.S.-based organizations that they didn't want to open that. But they're seeing it now because it's not just that the employees are working at home and we need to take care of Maslow's hierarchy needs, which included finding toilet paper at one point in time, um, to where they're to the point where they're, they're experiencing discomfort. Um, and they really need to kind of figure out where that discomfort's coming from, right? Is it, is it because they're dealing with the stress of COVID, having their children be on Zoom teacher meetings and, and or parents or partners who may have uh, gone to the hospital or in a, a nursing home and you no longer have access to them? So, the stress level of the lone worker is, is exacerbated by COVID. And so we discussed in our training about slowing down, um, having a routine, getting proper sleep, improving nutrition, all of those little things that, you know, help with fighting off that type of stress level, but then also be, making sure that they're connecting with colleagues, right? Here in the U.S., we're used to going to the water cooler or their coffee pot and meeting with our colleagues or going to lunch with multiple people and, and that's just not happening right now. So setting up webinars or sessions with colleagues or friends and making sure that we're connecting because we are social animals, um, not just at home, but obviously at work as well. So it's those little things that we're kind of trying to bring into this. And then on top of it, it's, it's about exercise as well, right? Making sure that in your daily routine um, that you are finding other ways to, you know, get the heart going to improve wellness. So the mental aspect, the building of the routine, and then the physical aspect all, all kind of come together with all of this. And then even Dr. Romina can bring in the meditation or the, the mindfulness aspect of all of this as well. So we, we look at all of it as part of the total well-being for the home worker right now. If I could That's add what, to that. Absolutely. Please do. Please. You know, one of the simplest way, and with, especially with Headspace as well, one of the simplest way of bringing your energy and your balance under control is by breathing. And if you know chakras, you can breathe in your chakra line and focus on your third eye and on the, your top head chakra and exhale. Slow breathing, slow inhalation and slow exhalation balances the mind and the rapid thought process. If a person can sit against the wall with their legs crossed on the floor, or if they want to sit upright on their chair and do six breaths. It has to be six breaths because that's when the body starts, the mind starts to calm down. One or two deep breaths is not going to help you. So what you can do is right now sit upright, take a deep breath in on a count of six. So you just breathe in 
and exhale on a count of six. And that's a great start, even for somebody with a really poor posture with slouching problem. If your posture is better, you can increase the, the inhalation time and exhalation time to about eight to 10 seconds. This is a foundation for yoga. This is a foundation for headspace. This is the foundation for meditation. And by focusing on the chakra, you allow to wake up the inner energies of your body, whether you're asking for a love or whether you're asking for ability to speak and to express yourself or whether you're trying to find an intuition about a project, I just want to get this done. Focusing on your chakras and breathing is going to help you control the mental state that you are and bring back more energy into your body. Less likely that you reach up for a monster or a Red Bull or other things. You know, I can relate to that. I, uh, I meditate every morning and I, it's, it's a fundamental part of my day, my daily routine. And if I don't do it, my day is not as good as it could have been. I have a good friend. Uh, he says, he said, when I wake up, I've got to get to God before my head gets to me. Uh, and okay. I think that's such a wonderful saying. Now, whether you, you are a religious person or not, that's not the discussion for today, but you have to have some kind of routine. And I never knew how important meditation would be. And I found even if it's just for a couple of minutes, it does, it's still so important. Good morning, everyone who's listening. You're listening to a wonderful, another wonderful live cast with the British American Business Council, Los Angeles. We have Dr. Romina Gassimion and Bill Pace. Good morning to you both. Thank you so much for being here today. We're talking about how important adopting uh, a lot of these processes in the workplace are, and we're working from home as well. At some point, we're going to be back in the workplace at some point, and we talked about a lot of solution here. One other thing that businesses are going to start thinking, people listening today, business owners, people who are listening to it afterwards, are going to want to know, well, what's the cost to me? There's a cost to this. There's a cost to change the office. There's a cost to adopt some of this. Is it from a financial point of view? Can we write this off as a business owner? Can you write this off? Uh, how does that work when someone wants to engage and spend this money? Is there a tax write-off? What are the implications of it ongoing? Bill, why don't you answer that? You know, it's interesting that you bring that up, James, because I was on with a, uh, the vice president of risk for a very large brokerage company that was talking to the CFO of a um, global entity that had about 250,000 employees. And they asked the same question, what's the return on investment for applying and, and buying office furniture? And the, v the VP of risk, who's trained in safety and ergonomics, stopped and said, what about just doing the right thing? You know, you have employees that are in discomfort, that need help. You have employees that are stressed because of all of the unanticipated factors that are happening because of uh, COVID that the employee has to deal with as well during their workday and trying to get their work done. So when we look at the return on investment, it's not just about saving off claim here in the U.S. It, it's also about, you know, helping them get through their day and then wake up tomorrow with a smile on their face. So you know, I think first and foremost, it, it starts with just doing the right thing. And I do see that a lot of the U.S. organizations are recognizing that and providing it. And then also, you know, they're looking at commercial real estate. Because if employees aren't going to come back anytime soon, do they really need the facilities that they have right now? And we've actually seen a sell-off of those facilities. So if you're going to save on that square footage, 
by having your employees work at home, how about taking some of that money and reinvesting into your employees at home? Um, and, we're, and we're seeing that. So there definitely is a return on investment. I, I think, unfortunately, because we've only really been at this for about 90 days, we, we really don't know what that return on investment is other than really truly doing the right thing and keeping your employees gainfully employed and you know, not having to go into the workforce to hire people because you're losing people because they're uncomfortable, right? So keeping your attrition levels exactly where they are, because I think most organizations right now are budget tight and running skeleton crews, but there are things that you can do in a value-add purpose to help your employees without breaking the bank. But it is about doing the right thing right now. No, I, I absolutely love that. That's such a great way to put it as well, Bill. So often. Yes. same thought process as Bill does. And ultimately what it boils down to is time and money. Why would you want to spend your time surfing the net for the next massage place or the next chiropractor or next medical doctor where you can spend the time surfing for the next vacation or the next plan or next fun activity? It's the, how do you put a price on the value of your health? Is there a price for that? Um, if, and if there is a price, let me remind you of a day that you woke up and you couldn't move your neck. What would you have given to get that fixed? Or you couldn't move your back. And last night at 10 o'clock at night, I had an attorney call me crying. And he's about in his 60s, crying because he could not move from his bed because of pain. Is there a price that we can put for, what is the return on investment? A good, healthy life that would allow you to have fantastic cognitive skills, be very productive and be active and be healthy. That is my two cents as a, on a patient level and on a more of a patient, not an employee. Uh, one thing that we did with, uh, with BaxU, it is covered under your flex spending account and health savings account. And based on my experience with my patients, sometimes some accountants are, um, depending on the person's circumstances, they can write off about one third of their medical expenses, but they have to check with their accountant on that if it's a high expense. Gosh, that's very, I mean, two great answers. I mean, it really is about doing the right thing. I mean, four months ago, five months ago, who knew we would be where we are today? And so it's turned absolutely everything on its head and doing the right thing couldn't be more important right now. I have a question here that was sent to me uh, I'm going to ask both of you it, um, and, and this is just for just just to mix it up a little bit. Dr. Ramina, what have you learned during the lockdown? What have you learned about anything and yourself? What I learned is um, there's a silver lining to everything. This COVID was an opportunity for me to catch up with a lot of paperwork that I had put aside and shoved aside. So. I got organized at home. I got organized in the office. I got organized in the company. So I think there's a silver lining. And the most valuable lesson I learned, as human beings, we are so adaptable. And I realized to appreciate every moment because there has been times that I missed hugging my mom and I couldn't. I missed that. I missed that human connection, that love that we, take, we used to take for so granted. So that's what I learned. I love that. How about you, Bill? Um, there's, there's two things that stand out in my mind. One is I think we're taking our webinar sessions a little less serious, meaning there are those interruptions, right, where our kids walk in and need help with their homework or our pets are jumping up on our lap or walking across. 
and other people in the in the meetings are slowing down going oh let's look at your puppy or let's look and so those meetings have become a little less serious in that sense and we're not taking ourselves as serious anymore and then the other piece of this that i think is going to be uh really beneficial to the two organizations but to the individual is that u.s companies are adopting understanding the mental health and mental well-being of their employees as part of well-being where it was always pandora's box and they didn't want to open that then as you know james there's legislation and, and regulation coming out of the uk and australia pertaining to stress. And so I think instead of us fighting that, that is, as I talk to HR directors, that is something that they are looking to adopt, even as the employees will come back into offices, is understanding that and providing the the right solutions and help. So on a funny point of view, I think the web sessions are becoming less serious. And then on on the uh, practical sense, mental health and mental well-being is, is going to be a part of most organizations understanding of well-being and helping our employees with well-being. So I think those are two things that I see that are coming out of this that, that are beneficial to all of us. I love both those answers, wonderful. If I was to give my two cents worth, I mean, isn't it just nice to be reminded that we're human? Mm-hmm. And Bill, you hit the nail on the head. Just, just being human, just, just life goes on. Life is happening around us. Life's in session. That's what I'm looking to say. And yeah. there's always something going on. I'll give you an example. That's where my dog is right now. <laughs> and he's been sat by me the whole time. But it actually awesome. makes business, if you take yourself too seriously, it's always an uphill battle. When you can lighten the mood, and especially if you're doing a lot more business, transactional business, via the Zoom platform or whatever video conferencing yeah. platform you're using, when you just show that you're human, People buy from people. People want to do business with each other, and we're human. So it's just right. when, when you're reminded of that, it uh, makes life a lot more easier, just in general. We're coming to the end of this. We've got a few minutes left. And I just wanted to, there's a question I always love to ask everybody, is we talked about what we've learned. You guys have given fantastic descriptions of what you, what you both do. Well, there's two questions. First of all is, is what is down the road? from here. What can we expect to see in the workplace in the immediate short term and the longer term? There's changes happening right now. Maybe it's a little hard to predict, but there's stuff happening and there's stuff around the corner. What can you tell us a little bit more about that? Bill, I'm going to go to you first with that one. You know, James, the UK did it first, right? With the London Olympics, with pushing everybody home for two weeks and, um, they learn that people don't necessarily have to come back to work. And James, uh, you know, to hit hit on it a bit more, I heard from our CEO was talking to the CEO Lloyd to London that they're probably not going to populate that building. And so it's not just that we're working at home; we're actually able to do it and do it quite well. And I think that's pretty amazing. And it, it enables us to kind of change that nine to five hour mentality as well, where we don't have to work during those parameters as long as we're getting our work done. So we're seeing the productivity hasn't changed through all of this. And it also means that we probably don't need to deal with our daily commute and, and other things that at the end of the day are impacting our, our environment. And we've seen the positive impact on the environment by people staying at home. So I think the next step is instead of it being a temporary home worker situation, as I mentioned before, it's becoming a bit more permanent, but it's having positive impacts on the earth. And when we get the mental health uh, and we get back into a routine and our exercise and our sleep and our nutrition, 
when, when we start working on those things, I think ultimately we become a bit more centered and, and this is going to actually work for most organizations and they're going to save money by not having commercial real estate. I hear you loud and clear. Yeah, that definitely the Los Angeles traffic is something I haven't missed <laughs> at all. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, right. How about you, doctor? I think um, one of the things that we have learned during this process is we become more self-aware and self-proactive in taking care of ourselves. I think the first few weeks was very challenging for a lot of people. It was such a shock to all of us, physically, mentally, just professionally. Whereas as we are adapting into this new work environment of working from home, and we become more self-conscious, carving time for our wellness, our cooking more at home instead of winding and dining, which ends up being definitely better nutrition to the body. And uh, being exercising more, I see more people walking. I actually see a lot of my neighbors, which is really nice to see that people are actively walking as couples. So I really like that. I think the positive environmental factors are very effective. I think people having realizing that there is a something called the psychosomatic, which is the effect of mind on the body and the somatopsych, which is the effect of physical body on the mind. They are interrelated. They are preventable. We can handle them together at home or in the office, doesn't matter. But starting at home, that's where everything starts. And hopefully this would become more of a habit for the individual rather than, oh, I don't have time to do this. I love that. Thank you. So my last question for both of you is, as we emerge and the new, I hate saying the new normal, but whatever this is, the new, the new, new, what what piece of, um, what positive message could you give everyone listening today and who are going to listen to this afterwards as well? What would you say to them, doctor? I would say be proud of how well you've adapted. Give yourself a lot of credit about how you've able to manage being at home and not going out for a week, two, three, four, five weeks for some of us, and how you learn to cope in your environment. So give yourself a lot of credit for being so adaptable. This shows what a true warrior you are within. So if we remember that we are warriors in different atmospheres, this new new that we are experiencing just shows more capability of how amazing you are as a human being and the rest of us are here to support you and support each other i love that how about you bill you know it's simple um and i know it's a cliche but uh don't be afraid to ask for help right so organizations are open to this and they're trying to figure out how to help their employees but they're not going to know how unless we slow down to ask for help so don't be afraid to ask for help right now that's a wonderful answer yeah, it's, uh, for me, it's the human aspect. It's the uh, uh, asking for help. What a great way to put it. Because so often we just will sit there and think, well, we shouldn't ask that question, shouldn't do that. And when you do, people want to help, and I love that. And walking through the neighborhood, it's a big part of my morning routine. I walk my dog through the neighborhood. And I didn't used to do that. I used <laughs> to be thinking, I've got to get to the office. I'm too busy. But guess what? If I do that, I still have more time now to do everything else I need to do. So I just want to thank both of you, Dr. Ramina and Bill Pace. Thank you so much for coming in and speaking this morning to our listeners now and to our listeners who will be logging in after this. 
Uh, you've been listening to another British American Business Council live cast event. My name is James Langridge. Good morning, good day, good afternoon. Thank you very much for listening. And thank you very much, Bill and Dr. Romina. Thank you. Thank you, James. Thank you for listening. Please like and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or your favorite platform. Your likes and reviews really do help us reach new listeners.